This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus joining you on what should have been, guys, uh, the spring game preview show um, as Nebraska's original red-white game was scheduled to be here on Saturday. And, um, you know, weather is going to be nice. It's been a cold week, a record cold week here in Lincoln as uh, we've had a couple of days, I think, with record lows. But going to be a nice 60-plus degree day here on Saturday, what would have been the red-white game and um, it's just weird. Um, you know, now we're talking about people watching a simulated video game version of the red white game. I will not be watching that. I'm sorry. Get off my lawn. But um, just that doesn't appeal too much to me. I, I would like to watch a real red white game. But, um, you know, just, you know, the, the red white game itself, it, it's a big blow. And just not having it this weekend, it really hits home. Yeah, if I wanted to watch a video game, I would pop in my own NCAA 2014 and play the spring game by myself and at least be uh, involved in it somehow. But no, I will not be watching it. But, you know, at least it's, I guess, something. You know, people can still tailgate and get hammered and watch Tailgate? Their, yeah. Who's going to tailgate for that? In their garage, and then they can watch a stream of a video game. I mean, why not? <laughs> what else are you going to do? You got big plans? <laughs> no. <laughs> So I guess so. I mean, at least there's there's that. But yeah, I mean it. It is what it is. It's yet another uh, disappointing blow to this whole situation where uh, sports have been derailed time and again. And um, you know, hopefully, we'll start to get uh, more light at the end of the tunnel. Come forward. Yeah, I'll probably check it out just to see what it's all about or what it looks like. But I mean, I'm I can't say that I'm planning my garage tailgate and I'm like <laughs> all on. geared up and fired up to to watch this thing. I. I mean, it's they had to do something, right? Uh, and I and I think that this is probably the best answer, um, you know, that, that anyone could come up with given the circumstances. So, um, yeah, kudos to them. I don't know what kind of traction it's going to get. It's probably going to only be popular in certain demographics. But um, like you said, it's it's something better than nothing, I suppose. It might be a good intern job to have the intern mm, break yeah. down the. Um, just write a full game story with stats and everything like that. Yeah, I like that. All right. Well, I'll say Allie, when Allie Snow comes in the show, we'll ask her her thoughts on that. But uh, I just wanted to even reflect on what the spring game had become at Nebraska. I mean, you think about just that event uh, as we sit here in, in a year that it's not going to happen. But I go back to 2004, and, Nate, you worked closely around that. Uh, I mean, th that's really what changed the red-white game at Nebraska, where the crowds have been over 60, 70,000, 80,000 every single year. And a lot of that was Steve Peterson, Tim Cassidy, Bill Callahan. I know those aren't popular names to necessarily say, but they saw the vision to make that a marketing event. I'll never forget that 04 game when they were able to get every single current NFL Husker player and that's when Nebraska had a lot of NFL players of notoriety back in Lincoln and they introduced them on the field one by one um, at the spring game with all the recruits that set the tone for the 2005 recruiting class which was Nebraska's highest ranked recruiting class in the modern recruiting rankings era and ever since then we've seen the red white game at Nebraska become the recruiting event the marketing event that springboards kind of everything um, in a day to celebrate so I mean I, I just think that 04 how that was such a changing year that you know Nebraska's continued to build upon every single year yeah I mean regardless of how you feel about Bill Callahan or Steve Peterson and um, I don't know anybody who doesn't like Tim Cassidy, but all, all three of those guys, 
Um, I mean, they're the ones who definitely changed the the culture, the the way that Nebraska, uh, you know, kind of goes around their spring game. I mean, they turned it into just, you know, from being the 15th practice to being an, an, an event and, you know, to, to have it be a recruiting centric type of deal and um, and to be something special, something different than than 99% of other spring games out there. So, um, yeah, and that's a big blow to, to Nebraska's recruiting right now. I mean, to not have those guys on campus. I mean, every year you could pretty much count on – Anywhere from probably thirty to to you know forty offered guys, and another twenty to thirty or more uh, guys that they they are looking at to to offer to to walk on, and so to not have those guys on campus, to not have the last year's signees on campus, which generally you'd get about seventy five percent of your you know last year's signing class on campus. I mean that, that's that's a huge deal, and so. Um, you know, you, you hope they come up with a creative way to kind of circumvent that whole uh, scenario. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it has completely transformed from what it was prior to 2004 to, to what it is now. Well, those recruiting impacts, I mean, that goes beyond football, too. I know for basketball, that was a huge weekend that they capitalized on year in, year out by bringing kids, um, you know, that were either you know starting you know just before the AAU season, uh, being able to get them on campus or, you know, kids that their tra- transfers are trying to bring in um, to fill out a class. Now that opportunity isn't there. And I can tell you that uh, Fred Hoiberg and his staff had planned that to be a very big basketball recruiting visit weekend that suddenly just got squashed. I mean, they, they couldn't do it. So, um, and I know volleyball is the same way. So, I mean, the, the ripple effect goes even beyond football. It's an athletic department wide thing because the spring game was such an event. And, you know, from a fan perspective, uh, because it was such a big spectacle, um, it was something that people look forward to for, for months. And, uh, for families. I mean, that was the game you could take your kids to. You didn't have to worry about things getting, you know, wild or, you know, people getting too angry or something like that. Uh, they could run around. You didn't care about necessarily missing the game. And how many f- young kids, that was their first in-person taste of Nebraska football because that was the first game they could get to. And now, you know, you got uh, at least a year's worth of that not being provided. So it's it's disappointing on so many levels. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, guys. Uh, the NFL draft as well, looming um, it's going to be a virtual draft. Um, I think we've all gotten accustomed to Zoom. If you didn't know what Zoom was about a month ago, uh, now Zoom has become as important of a, a resource um, for anybody in, in this country, in this world. And you're going to see a lot of Zoom draft things going on. But our interest, guys, is Nebraska in the draft. Um, I think we all agree they're not going to probably have a first rounder, maybe an outside chance of a second, third rounder and Lamar Jackson. But, I mean, realistically, guys, Nebraska has a chance – to have four guys picked, I mean, I feel pretty safe about three right now with Lamar Jackson, Darian Daniels, probably Khalil Davis because he's faster, has a little bit more length than Carlos. But then Carlos could slide in there, um, you know, maybe be the fourth. So um, it's looking like it, it it's going to be a better draft as Nebraska gets ready uh, for the, the three-day draft, which begins a week here uh, next week on Thursday. Well, it can't get any worse than last year where <laughs> they had zero picks. So even just one pick would at least start a new draft pick streak. But, yeah, I think Daniels, Jackson – they're shoo-ins, in my opinion. I mean, I think they're they're no-brainers. And like you said, that Lamar has a chance to be a day-two pick if uh, the right team gets the right opportunity. But uh, with Khalil's testing at the Combine, I mean, he was one of the fastest D-linemen in a long time uh, with his 40-yard dash. And um, that stands out, especially with the limited opportunity NFL personnel have had to see guys in person. I mean, obviously, scouts were able to see games, and there were a handful of pro days, Nebraska being like one of the last, last ones. One. Uh, but you know, I think that elevates their stock. So 
those four guys, you know, they got to go to the combine and the, being at the combine and being front and center in front of uh, GMs and coaches and all that stuff that carries significantly more weight than maybe it would any other year, because that's something tangible that coaches actually got to have. And they had those sit down meetings with coaches and a guy like Darian Daniels, his character and his leadership qualities, that's going to take him, uh, vault him up the draft. That breaks boards. a lot of ties on draft boards. No question about it. So, uh, yeah, I like at least, at least two, I will confidently say Nebraska will have a minimum of three players drafted. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. A minimum of three. And, and I feel like there's going to be four. And they need that. I mean, after last year, I, mean, that, I don't. That, that was just depressing. Two players over three years. Yeah, yeah. The but last how did Devine years. and Stanley not get drafted? Well, yeah. I still, still and even Lou Gifford. Yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah. guys that played. They were on active rosters but didn't get drafted. So go uh, figure. Yeah, Seathan Carter didn't get drafted. He's been on active. I mean, Nebraska's had a little bit of bad luck. And a lot of it's been the performance of the team, yeah. I think, too. Oh, yeah, that's definitely impacted it, I think. But they, they need a strong showing I think they're going to get one with a with a number of guys getting drafted but um but they I mean it's it and I always look at it from a recruiting perspective but when you don't have anything to tout on on a three-day you know <laughs> NFL draft deal I mean that's that's a big hit because you see all these on social media all the colleges are putting stuff out like um, you know, their records and how many guys they've put into the, the NFL or how many guys have gotten drafted or whatever. And Nebraska doesn't have anything to say. I mean, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's a it's big hit change. for them. Yeah, it's got to change. When you can't say that this program can put me in the league, I mean, you are miles behind the, the best of the best. If you want to compete at a championship level and you're not putting guys in the NFL, uh, I mean, you're basically playing with one hand tied behind mm -hmm. your back. And you look at the Mike Riley era, this yielded very, very little draft picks. I mean, most of his draft picks were Pelini guys. Mm -hmm. uh, and then transfer, the only one that was really his was a transfer in, in Tanner Lee. So, uh, And briefly, Robin, uh, not draft day, but basketball signing day. Um, and we're going to hear from a couple of these guys, Trey McGowan's, the Pitt grad transfer, uh, or the Pitt transfer, excuse me, mm -hmm. um, and then Kobe Webster, the Western Illinois grad transfer, but Nebraska brings in five guys um, ranked as one of the better classes in the country. Am I, I correct with that statement? Well, it depends on who you look for. Rivals doesn't count transfers in their they recruiting should. rankings, and so technically they have two guys, uh, Teddy Allen, who uh, as a junior college prospect doesn't have a star ranking, and Lat Mayen, who's a three-star. So right now, as far as rankings are concerned, uh, they're at the bottom, but that doesn't matter because they're bringing in five players that are all projected to make um, immediate impacts either this season or the next, depending on uh, what waivers happen. So two JUCOs, one grad transfer, and two quote-unquote sit-out transfers that are both going to apply for waivers to be immediately eligible next season. And they're going to be an old team, a veteran team, and bringing guys that have played big-time basketball at the highest level. Is this the most proven group of transfers Nebraska's ever brought in that you've Has seen? Has to be. I mean, you got guys that Kobe Webster led Western Illinois in scoring the last three years. Trey McGowan's was a starting point guard at Pitt the last two years. Teddy Allen uh, was a true freshman contributor for an NCAA tournament team at West Virginia, led Juco in scoring. Uh, Lat Mayan averaged double-double almost at uh, one of the best junior college programs in the country. So, I mean, that in itself, like I said, the, the production and experience is far better on one class than we've seen in a long time. All right, when we come back, we are going to hear from one of those guys, Kobe Webster, the Western Illinois grad transfer that averaged 17.1 points will join us next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show.